make your way up to the front and this altar is made for you i want you to come up to the altar and we're going to worship the lord together we're going to give you guys freedom to dance and sing before god this morning come on don't be shy come up to the front we're going to worship the lord as a family this morning hallelujah come on let's just lift up our voice and praise this morning jesus you're glorious lord you are awesome in this place god but we want you to have room this morning to move and to speak oh god to us we love you in this place come on a couple more seconds let's just talk to the lord this morning god we love you jesus we love you lord with all our heart all our mind all our soul all our strength god you are awesome in this place jesus we love you god we love you lord come on if you're just walking into the sanctuary we want to welcome you up to this altar come come we're going to worship the lord together Put your hands together with us this morning. This song talks about how awesome and how powerful our God is. So we're going to sing this together. Come on. Put your hands together with us. Come on, you many. We'll sing your face. The now shines the brightest sun. Jesus, you're glorious. You are so glorious With eyes With eyes of grace Like burning fire Jesus, you're glorious You are so glorious King of glory Have your glory King of glory Have your glory your name to be raised up in this room God we're gonna raise you up in our praise Jesus come on sing that again your face now shines the brightest sun face now shines the brightest sun come on let me hear you Jesus Jesus the glorious come on tell him you are you are so glorious signs that blaze like fire signs burning fire Jesus your glorious glorious
truth is you want to clothe me in who, who you are. Come on, see it again. You love like a father.
and to rest on someone's lap, to cry on someone's shoulder. And I'm telling you that that person you want is Jesus, and he's here. He's here for you. His love overwhelms. His love beckons you to come. So right now, if you're 50 or if you're 5, I want you to know that you can come to him right now, where you're at, where you're standing. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Maybe you want to kneel at your seat. Maybe you just want to close your eyes right now. But when we sing this again, you love like a father. I want us to come and sing this to him. You're singing it to Jesus. Man, if there's a hurt, if someone's hurt in this place, if someone's been disappointed, just nasty stuff, somebody has broken your heart, man, Jesus is saying that he loves you more than a father, more than a best friend, more than a lover, more than anyone that you've ever known. His love pursues you. Jesus, break the yoke of bitterness and unforgiveness in this place. Bring freedom and healing where there is hurt, oh God. Come on, if that's for you, man, I want you to raise your hands and sing this to Jesus. Kneel at your feet, whatever you need to do. And I want us to sing this to him and and as we sing, I believe that God's love is going to wash over you. As you tell this to him with all your heart, I believe he's going to fill that empty place of your heart with his love. Jesus. Come on, sing this to him. You love. You love like a father. Love like a brother. Love like a
Let's just raise our hands and receive the love of the Father this morning. Come on, it's going to wash over you like a wave right now. I believe it. I believe it's going to fill your heart. It's filled mine. Come on, right now, if you raise your hands, receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, every scar is healed in the name of Jesus. Every broken promise is mended in the name of Jesus. He's satisfied. He's going to satisfy you this morning. Jesus, fill us with this love, Father. Just one more time. Fill me with this love. 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 Now just raise up a shout of praise and thank Him for the love of Jesus. Come on, thank Him with me. We praise You. We love You, God. We love You this morning, Jesus. Come on, take a couple seconds to thank Him for His love. Thank You, Father. Thinking that you never failed us. We love you, we love you, we love you. Just tell him you love him. A couple more moments. We love you, Jesus. We praise your name, God. We love with you, God. Love. Love you oh, fill me with your love. Oh, fill me with your love. Yeah. Fill me with your love. Fill me with Jesus. Your love. Hallelujah. Won't you come? Oh, yeah, fill me with your love. Oh, fill me with your love. Yeah, fill me with your love. Yeah, fill me with your love. Oh, yeah, fill me with your love. So I can touch others. So I can be a conduit. Fill me with your love. Let it flow. Let it come to me. Let it go through me. Fill me with your love. Yeah. Come on, just the ladies sing. Ladies, fill me with your love. Come on, ladies. Come on, get your hands raised. Get excited today, ladies. Come on, just hold off on the drums. Come on, I just want to hear the ladies. Yeah, fill me. Come on, ladies. Come on. All through you right now, ladies. God's going to use you as a conduit of His glory. Jesus. You can turn down their mics a little bit. Come on, just ladies, sing it out. Jesus. I want to hear the ladies sing it today for God. Come on. Jesus. Fellas now, come on fellas, fill me with your love. Yeah, fill me with your love. Fellas, come on men of God. Come on men. We're calling out, yeah, now fill me with your love. Oh, fill me with your love. So I can give it to my family. So I can give it to the job, to the community. Everywhere I go, fill me with your love. Yeah, fill. Come on, men of God. One more time. One more time, yeah. 
Now everybody say it. Oh, fill me with your love. Oh, fill me with your love. God's love in this place. We feel your love in this place, oh God. And it's by that love that we go out to the world. I'm just going to ask that Christina and Adam would come and my wife. Oh, Jesus, we had had $1,500 left for our missions budget. $1,500 left. And somebody in the first service just went to the computer on the internet and just paid it in full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, it's so good. If you're new with us, I just want to share with you what's going on, my wife and I. Adam and Christina, we're going on a mission trip. Tomorrow we're going to be gone for two weeks. We're going to Southeast Asia. Tomorrow we're going to leave for Newark. We'll, we'll travel about two hours from Chicago to Newark. Then we're going to take a direct flight, 14 hours from Newark to New Delhi. We'll be in New Delhi for about four days. When we're there, we're going to have a pastor. We call him an apostolic elder. That's going to host us, and then he's going to bring together those churches that we have there. They're Metro Praises by name. They use the books, the vision. It's all the same. They're, they're Metro Praises. We're going to have a crusade there one day, and then the other days we're going to do pastoral conferences in the day and at night go visit the villages. Then we're going to travel from northern India to southern India called Vijayawada. And there in uh, southern India, I just got their report because we have to have them give reports every month. Uh, Pastor Ahmed of Vijayawada submitted his report with 65 churches and 1,500 Metro Praise believers just in southern India. Isn't that awesome? We are so unworthy to, to help these men. They need to come and help us. Amen? Then we're going to do the same exact thing. One day crusade, then three days mission work. Uh, you know, pastoral counseling, uh, you know, training the pastors, then going to the villages at night. Then we're going to fly back to New Delhi, wait a day, then fly over to Nepal, which is, this is the Nepal flag. I guess they wanted a different kind of flag here. Uh, This is the Nepal flag. Then in Nepal, our pastor from Pakistan is going, uh, apostolic elder who has about 30 churches is going to meet us there. And then we're going to do the same thing in Nepal. So next week, when you see us, we'll be in Southern India off the Skype. And then the week after that, we'll be in Nepal. We're just going to ask that the elders and deacons would come and Ishmael lead us in prayer. We just need you to pray for us. I can't even tell you what it feels like. This is our third, my third time going. It's all of their first times, but I am so rocked this time. I can't even put it to you in words. I don't know if it's because it's the longest I've ever been there, you know, two weeks, almost like 16 days. I don't know. It's because we're flying. I have no idea. I'm just rocked by this. 
And I'm just asking you guys to lift, lift us up in prayer. Pray for each one of us. Every one of us has different needs. My wife and I, you know, leaving our children and all of that. And just pray for our home to be safe. And Christina to not be a security risk out there, Mr. Pillman. We're going to take care of her. Going to have to, like, wrap her up in the Muslim guards. You know, this blonde hair, blue-eyed, you know, lady out there. But God bless her. She's beautiful for, you know, the parents are here. But And then Adam, we're just going to help him. I said, Adam, have you ever traveled outside the country? And he said, yes, Mexico. And I'm like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. He's going to go to a world where people don't speak Spanish. As a matter of fact, he'll probably be the only Latin person of descent everywhere he goes. So you'll get to feel like that. But we just pray for you as you're gone. But I need you to pray for us right now. So I'm going to ask some of our leaders, Ricky and Ish, would you pray for us? Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God. It is you we serve. It is you we worship, God. The God of Jacob, Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac. Father God, we worship you. We worship that God. God, you said that you you prefer obedience over sacrifice. Here we have an example of both those things, God. Obedience and sacrifice, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as as they are obedient to the call, Lord God, that you would protect them, Lord. Lord God, it isn't for vacation or or family time that they're going out there, God. It is for your kingdom and your glory. They're building your kingdom, God. Not their own kingdoms, but yours, Lord. I pray you bless them, Father. I pray you be with them, Lord. Protect them, God. We trust you with them, Lord. Father God, India needs the gospel. India needs to be saved. Father God, heal lepers, open blind eyes, Father God. Let deaf ears hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father God. Father God, as they're obedient, Lord God, I pray you bless them, you protect them, you cover them, Lord God. You comfort them when they miss their families. You comfort them when they miss their homes and their, and their friends and their children, Lord God. Be with them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. We rejoice right now, God, for this opportunity, God, to preach the gospel, Lord. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity, Lord. We rejoice, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, Father, God, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, you would anoint this, this group right here, Father God. That, Lord, they would go there not as the, the, the American hope, my God, as, as the heroes, God, from America. But, Lord, that they would go there weak. They would go there humble, as humble servants, God. And that everything they would do, God, would not be out of their own might or power, Lord, but by the Spirit, my God. By the power of the Spirit, I pray that they would accomplish great things, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them up. That you would use them, my God. That, Lord, signs and wonders will be accomplished, O oh God. That the lame would walk, O oh Lord. I pray that as they preach and testify, that, Lord, your words would convict them, O oh Lord. That your words, O oh God, would bring them life. Jesus, I pray that as they lay their hands on them, Lord, that they'll be touched by the power of God, Lord. That demons will be casted out, Lord. We just pray for great things to happen, Lord. Not for the glory of Metro Praise or Passage or anybody here, but Lord, for the glory of your name, oh God. We pray that your name will be glorified, my God. That your name will be exalted, Lord. That those spectators who will be around, Lord, Father God, will see the power of God. That they will feel your presence, oh Lord. We pray for revival in those villages and those, those crusades, my God. Lord, we pray for an understanding, Lord. We lose understanding of wisdom, Lord. That though it may be hard to comprehend your love, oh God, that, Lord, they would see it, that they would understand it, Lord. We pray that they would receive it in Jesus' name, Lord. 
thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask for the American flag and the Boricua, Puerto Rican flag. Brother, would you put up that slide, please? How many of you want to go on a mission trip? I'm going to tell you how to go on one right now. The four of you that are clapping, I'm going to tell you how to do this. And we're going to convict the rest of them. We have a mission trip this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the Puerto Rican festival. And it's not just the Puerto Ricans that are going to be there. The city is going to show up there. Every ethnic background is going to be there. And I made a promise to the first congregation, and I'll make it again. I will not miss this again. Uh, we came into conflicts because there's, you know, we had to orchestrate with four different pastors to make this trip happen. But I knew I was crossing this over, but I said I'll never do it again. So listen to me. You need to come, guys. This Thursday, you need to show up here. This whole congregation needs to be here. We need to hit those streets. We're going to give out free food. We're going to be at the corner of North and uh, California. We're going to give out food. We're going to do face painting. And we're going to preach the gospel. The whole band, the whole speakers, everything's coming down. It's going on the streets. We have a generator to run the whole thug dizzle for the low for shizzle. Are you all listening to me? So I'm going to ask that a few more. I'm going to ask that, that Jessica and Salvador would begin to pray, not only just for the Puerto Rican festival, but for our nation, that there would be an awakening in America, that the people would come back to God, and that we wouldn't be the only ones this year. Finally, some churches said they'll meet us out there. So praise God, we won't be the only ones to the testimony of God. Come on. Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, I thank you for your righteousness, God, and your holiness, God. And I thank you, God, that you've given us this privilege, God, to be your servants, God, and to preach the gospel, Lord, God. You said how beautiful are the feet who bring the good news, Lord. So, God, I pray that you use us, God, in mighty ways. I pray that your Holy Spirit give us words to speak, God. Give us words of wisdom and knowledge, God, to to just take, um, bring others to you, bring the lost to you, God, and make, make the uh, backsliders see, God, that that they need you, Lord God, that they cannot do it without you. They once knew you, God. So, God, I pray you bring them back to you, Lord God. Bring them back, Lord, and continue, God, to use us, God. Give us boldness. Give us courage, God, to use um, to you, use your word, God, to co- for conviction, God, and for um, just teaching them, God, teaching them your ways, God. Holy Spirit, be with us that day, Lord. We give it all to you, and we thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord. Father God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit to move in this place, Lord Father God. And we ask you, Lord, to empower your people, God, to go out and preach your word, Lord Jesus. Father God, India needs you, Lord Father God, but America needs you also, God. Father God, we are hungry for you, Lord Jesus. We ask for your spirit to move in this place, Lord Father God, and the hearts of your people, Lord, as we prepare to go out in the city, Lord Father God. We declare this city for you, God. We declare the city will serve you, King. For you deserve the worship, Lord. For you deserve to be, Lord Jesus, known. Father God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to prepare your people, God, to be useful for your kingdom, O oh Lord. Father God, we ask you, Lord, we ask you for, for the souls, oh God, prepare, Lord Jesus, the people to be, Lord Jesus, with you, oh God. Father God, we ask you, move in this place, move in the hearts of the people, Lord Jesus, prepare us, oh God. Give us the strength, Lord Father God, give us the words, give us the wisdom, oh Lord. We rely on you, oh God, not in our own understanding, Lord Jesus, but of you, God. We ask you, your spirit, Lord Jesus, we ask you for more of you, God, in this city, Lord Jesus. Lord Father God, let us be a revolutionaries, Lord God. Revolutionaries, God, they go after you, my King, and your holy name we pray. Amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you hold each other's hands right now and begin to pray that the person's hands you're holding will be a soul winner for Jesus Christ. Just begin to sing, girl, come like you promised as they're interceding. Come on, every person. God, raise up soul winners. You said, ask of the Lord to bring forth laborers into the harvest. We pray for every one of us to be workers in your harvest. We pray for generous hearts to support the work of God. We pray for boldness to preach the gospel. Now begin to pray for your neighbor's ministry. Pray that they'll reach out on their jobs. Pray that they'll reach out to their lost loved ones. Come on, pray that God will use this church to win souls. God, you promised you would save the best for last. Chicago hasn't seen its last days yet. We need you, Lord, before you come. Bring revival here, God. Oh, it's not over yet, God. New wine and new wineskins. Pour it in that it can be poured out. Come on, 30 more seconds. Pray for your friend's hands you're holding. Just say, God, use them. Make them radical, God. Let them be bold. Let them go forth and make disciples. All over this city. All over the world. Glory. We pray for the nations. Jesus. Jesus, we rebuke the works of Satan. We come against perversion in Jesus' name. Be broken. We come against false religion. Be broken in Jesus' name. Abuse and violence. Be broken in Jesus' name. We command the heavens to be unleashed, to open in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, Espirito Santo, viene a esta casa. Come into this house. Fuego. Come into our city. From the downtown to the inner city, God, to the suburbs. Fire! In the name of Jesus. Transformation. the nations belong to our God can you give them a hand clap of praise come on in a shout of victory come on in a shout of victory slap your neighbor high five and say the nations belong to our God come on the nations belong to our God thank you the nations belong to our God the nation of India does not belong to Hinduism. It belongs to Jesus. Long before Buddha ever came around, God was around. And there is only one way to God, our Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to God except by me. That's what he said. I am so excited to be in this place. You can turn down my mic just a little bit, brother. I brought my amplifier this morning. Oh, Jesus, I just feel, God, can you just sing another worship song while the people are seated? And I just sense, God, maybe it's because I know I won't see you for two weeks, but I just feel his presence. And I just want to be sensitive before we go on with the service. 
Just sing it, girl, whatever God puts in your heart. And if you're just hungry for the Lord like me, just open your heart up deeper. Because I believe God just wants to pour out His Spirit today. There is so much more to God than we've ever seen. So many times we limit God in services like this. Oh, come on, that's a good one. You can put up the words for the people who need the words as well, brother, please. You're higher and higher. We need new hearts today. Touch our minds, oh God. For his glory and his name. Higher. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus higher. place your hand over your heart if you're like me and just drinking it in just say god i i receive all that you give we're just going to sing it again may your name be lifted higher and as you just feel that release today just raise your hands and just say lord as much as you give i'll give back come on come on i'm going to give my life away so his name can be lifted higher i want to tell the world about Jesus. I want to give it all away. I just feel God in this place today. 
I just want to welcome you to our Sunday morning service where it's never church as usual. We are so excited that you're here. God has blessed us with you visiting today. If this is your first time, we just love you so much. We have Sunday services every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Wednesday, we have a prayer meeting here for adults and children's ministry, Royal Rangers and Impact in the back. And uh, the last Sunday of uh, Wednesday of every month, we have a family night so you can come out and have fun with us. And then elevate... Amen. We have teenage youth group for the teenagers every Friday at uh, 7.30. We want you to come on out. Adam, tell us, uh, I know Friday's going to be canceled for Boricua Fest, yes. but what's some, uh, who's going to be preaching for you that next Friday and what's going to be going on so they can get excited? By the way, I just want to say this, young people, I'm sorry to interrupt, but by the way, how many teenagers can say your church is having church at Boricua Fest? Just think about that. Tell all your friends Friday. No, I'm still in your thunder here. <laughs> here. Just tell all your friends, baby, we're having church Friday at Bodequa Fest. Where? Corner of North and California. Take it over, baby. Praise come on. God. I mean, just, just with that, guys, come on out. I mean, it's going to be an awesome time worshiping God and just seeing your friends out in North and Cali. But the week following, my right-hand man, Ellie in the back, is going to be preaching. He's going to be bringing it like it's hot. So keep on coming out. Discipleship. I just want to just testify. Um, um, just what God has been doing within the youth. We're just seeing youth step up and become disciples. And, and it's happening, and it, people, they're getting their lives changed. And it's so awesome to be a part of that. So praise God for that. Amen. Can we give it up for the youth? Amen. We never want to take that for granted. Some people come to the church and say, y'all are youth. Amen. That's okay. This is youth group for adults then. Amen. Our church won't be born. We have a vision in this church, but we take it very seriously. Look at your neighbor and say, serious. We take our vision so serious, and it's loving God, loving people. So just look up to the heavens and say, I love you, Jesus. Now look to your neighbor and say, I love you too. Amen. The Bible says to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So we're so glad that you're here. We're going to love God and love people till there's no more breath in our lungs. And we have a strategy. Can everybody go, strategy? Thank you. We have a strategy to take over the world. We want to connect everybody to the cross. Everybody go plug in. Look at your neighbor and say, plug into Jesus, and he's going to turn you on. Come on. How many want to be turned on by Jesus? Praise God. He will turn you on. Just let him plug you in, man. And when you get plugged in, we want you to be a part of life groups. Is anybody excited about life groups? Amen. Life groups are exciting. Every time we get together, it's Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. And our life groups are radical, man. They go door to door and do evangelism. We have some Panais and some Panois that have joined us from our evangelism on a life group night at David and Monica's. Can you all just stand up and we'll give you guys a big hand clap? Come on, stand up. Let's bless the Lord. That's what I call the boom shakalaka boom. You know what that's about? It's loving people. They will not hear about Jesus or hear about our wonderful church unless we go out. And that's what makes life groups exciting. There's two for youth and there's five for adults. You can choose any one of them and be a part of them. And while you are there at that life group, one of the most exciting things you can do is get developed in discipleship and get trained up. This book is for you. We have it free online or you can purchase it in the back. And it teaches you how to grow up in Christianity. Now, is there anybody that's a perfect Christian here? 
Anybody that's already figured it all out, okay, great. Then this church is for you, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, no perfect people allowed. Okay, so once, once that attitude comes, we'll just send you off on down to the next church of perfect people, okay? So when you join this church, there is no membership, there is no certificate, there is no voting, praise the Lord. This is how we do it, discipleship. You join a life group, and there your life group leader begins to develop you and raise you up as a disciple. Somebody say, connect. Thank you. And then mentor. The next stage is mentor. Do I have any 201 students in the house? Come on. We have the largest leadership group than we ever have before. They meet Sunday mornings at 730, and we're training them up how to be a disciple that makes disciples. We're learning right now about spiritual gifts, how to operate in you know, speaking in tongues, interpretation, prophecy, words of knowledge. Is there anybody here that would like to do that a little bit more? Come on. I mean, this is what the class is about, raising up leadership. So all you have to do is connect and then get discipled by that one-on-one. And then when you get past this class here, you come to the two. And then everybody go like this and go send. You see, when you get sent out, you can make a difference for Jesus. That's why last night, Saturday night, we were at the rib festival preaching the gospel. I don't know if anybody likes ribs, but there is a rib. Come on, everybody say rib. You got to say like you're from Carolina. Say Carolina ribs. There is a rib festival every year, and we didn't even know about it, but our guys found out about it, and they went and preached the gospel at a rib festival. That's on Saturday. Saturday afternoons, they do adopt a block on the west side. We have after-school programs, high school evangelists, so many things to get sent out and change the world. Can you say amen? So we believe in connecting to Jesus and knowing the cross, then get discipled in the cross, sent out to share the cross. We believe if we can do this, we can see 100,000 disciples in this city with 50 campuses and 500 churches around the world. If you believe it, will you stand up in a state of mayhem and just get excited? Come on, somebody say, let's do it. Would you stay? Come on. I love you. Just for me. Can you do that again, dude? That just so turned me on. It sounded like Starsky and Huss. Like, like, dude, come on. I've stalled long enough. I guess he ain't going to do it. Yeah, let's give it up for Ricky. See, awkward times only become awkward when you feel awkward. Look at Berto right here. By the way, when I show you this video, you all don't get this because it comes so fast. If you want to see demons cast out at Boricua Fest, just hang around Bertsky, okay? The big, tall Aztec warrior, somehow every year he finds at least five demoniacs, amen? And this picture of him right here is, is him setting free one of those demoniacs right here. Praise God. Is Bertsky still there? He is. Let's give it up for Bertsky right there. Dude, can we start the video too? I've kind of stalled as long as I could right here. Let's stay standing. Let's get excited. Thank you, my brother. Are you a world changer, history maker, and a roof breaker? Then if you are, then the Puerto Rican Festival Outreach is for you. Metro Praise does it annually. It's this June the 16th to the 18th. Meet us at Metro Praise June 16th, Thursday at 4 p.m. And June 17th to 18th, Friday and Saturday at 10 a.m. It's going to be awesome. We're going to see this city rock for Jesus. Come on, does that get you excited? This is it, guys. This is it. This is your time to shine. It's your time to do something for God, okay? 
Now, I know it might be hard for some of you, okay? But listen, if we can go 15 days, 7,000 miles, guess what you can do with your holy hindquarters? You can show up here, amen? Well, I don't do that. Well, then you don't do what Jesus does, amen? Well, I don't feel like it. Then you ain't feeling nothing like Jesus, okay? Because Jesus loves people, okay? And, and if you are backslidden, we want you to slide back, okay? Well, we didn't do that at my church. That's why we're not at your church anymore. Amen? That's why we started our own church, praise God. Because this is what we do here. We preach the gospel here. We go out to everybody. So you need to show up and let God show off. You see, it's just about us showing up. You see, there is no magic up my sleeves. There is nothing special in my voice. There may be a little special product in my hair making me look handsome this morning. I tries. But listen, there is no magic in the voice. There is, listen, it is God. We just got to show up for him to show off. You will be so shocked about how God will use you. Just putting the, the spoon and the rose con candules, the, the rice, and giving it to people, you can bless people. Just by taking the little paint and painting children's faces or giving them candy, you can bless them. You can bless them by coming out and helping us set up the sound system because it will be there. Every time we do our presentation, we basically do a little bit of worship, draws the crowd, then we do a skit. So if you all want to be a skit member, you can do that. And then after that, somebody preaches and shares their testimony, and then we pray for people. We have seen police officers saved. We've seen old and young people say, we've seen people weep and get filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. Do you remember that girl? Fuego. Come on, look at your neighbor and go spirit fingers. Go fuego. Come on, man. Come, don't look at me weird. Ain't nothing weird about that. I just want you all to be excited, okay? This is where it's at. I promise never to miss it again. Thursday, bam, show up. Four o'clock here. Friday, get the day off of work. Trust me, this will be better than that day you called in sick but went to Six Flags. Trust me, this will be better. This will be better than that time you did a, you did that, that stuff with your family. I'm promising you, give time to God and it will change your life. Amen? Amen. And then this is what we do every year, the winter, uh, summer retreat. Can we give it up for Jesus? Amen. Just mark your calendars. We're going to tell you more about it next week. But basically, we spend the night in Wisconsin. We just love Jesus. We baptize in the lake. We want you to come have a good time. We want you to smile. We want you just to pretend that you love your neighbor for a weekend. Look at your neighbor and say, I tries. Okay, how many of you are going to try to love your church? How many love your church? Praise God. And we love you. And here it is, man. This is what makes the whole thing tick right here as you're standing, getting your aerobics. This is what makes it all tick. This is what makes it go down. When we give, it supports this ministry. Now, I'm just going to show you this illustration. There's nothing magical about this bucket here. It's hollow, okay? This is going to be deep, but I want everybody to track with me here. If we don't put anything in this, we can take nothing out of this to pay the bills. I love our landlord, and I'm trying to get him saved. But me praying for him is not enough for our rent. We pay 8000 a month just to be here. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot. Yeah, how many would like to show up and pay that bill, right? $8,000, it's a lot. But you know what? God provides it every single month. But I just want you all to track with me because this is a good example. If there is something in here, then when the ushers take it out and count it, we can pay and, and do the thing. 
But you know what the Bible says more than that? It says when there is something in here, he then puts something in there for you in a heavenly place. And that's awesome to have something in heaven. Amen. I think when we get there and we let the first hundred years pass us by, uh, we're going to be here for a long time, right? You're going to be there a lot longer than you were down here. Amen. So everybody that's sporting all these things down here, guess what? The Bible says that gets destroyed, but up there never gets destroyed. And the Bible taught us that, to look forward to those things. It's something to look for. I believe in that. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible then says that the measure that we then give in here, this is what the Bible says, it's then measured back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So are you today sowing good seed in a way that you can reap a good harvest? That's the challenge I want to give you today. And uh, I just can't thank enough for our generous givers because we're supporting these churches and we're doing something great for God and somebody just went in the back and paid this whole entire thing off can you say amen done done see people look at us crazy they look they're like man you're the pastor I'm like yeah they first of all they think I'm just a youth pastor amen like this is my assistant youth pastor and then the next thing that they think is how are you guys going over there and doing that I mean this blows our mind you know how we're doing it because we partner together God gave us a big vision and a big heart church that says, we'll get the job done, Pastor. And I always like to pray. You know, that's, that's why we don't go to a 100 nations. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not trying to pretend we're something that we're not. We're always faithful, and we pray about what nations to go to, and God pays the bills. And a quick story here, we raised 14000 before, and it was done. We bought the tickets. Everything was ready. But as I was calling up the people, and I was saying, okay, man, we got this much for you and this much for you, they're like, Pastor, man, we need this much, and then we need it. And that's why it went 4,000 over. And by the, la- by the first service of the last day, the thing's already taken care of. So listen, whatever you give to missions today is lanyard to pimp slap the devil and say, take this from Metro Praise, Jesus in India, Jesus in Nepal. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for a church that likes to pimp slap the devil with their tithes and offerings because we will not be broke, busted, and disgusted when it comes to the work of the Lord. We won't let Lady Gaga, the Nike store, or the mall have the best, Father. We believe in a debt-free church, in a church that touches the world and does more with five loaves and two fishes than the whole bakery down the road does. And Father, now we pray for a blessing upon you your people as they give let it be given back to them pressed down shaken together and running over for the measure that they use it will be used back to them father bless your people and our children to our third and fourth generation in jesus name and everybody said amen let's say what paul said on the count of three one two three and my god will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in christ jesus thank you and come forward rejoicing as you give. Amen. Can we give it up for Metro Praise Finest Band right here? Come on. If you still want to give, you can give into the offering bucket. 
or the uh, the boxes or online. Oh, praise God. Will you all open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14? And believe it or not, I'm going to try to sit down today and just chill. I don't know if that's going to help you guys pay attention better. I don't know. You guys might be used to the preaching. But I just want to talk to you guys today about a godly family. Everybody say family. Thank you. As you're turning to Ephesians 3.14... Uh, we were talking about the call when Chino was here and doing his rapping. And during that time, I just felt led of the Lord to mention, you know, how important families are. Because, you, know, you know, we're going to India. We're going to Boricua Fest. And I just felt like, you know, we're not focusing so much sometimes on the family. We're focusing more on touching the world. And I wanted to encourage you because you're going to be with your family a lot longer than a mission trip a lot longer than you come to church. How many know you're going to go home today and you're going to be with those people a lot longer than you were here today? Does that make sense? Okay, let's make sure we're all up this morning. How many of you have ears and can hear me? Can you raise your hands? Okay, how many of you have a family? Okay, everybody here is nobody test tube or anything. Okay, now how many understand that when you go home to that family, you're going to spend more time with them than you did here today? Okay, great. This is going to be a tough service. Okay, help me, Jesus. Ephesians 3.14 is going to help us understand what we need to do in our family. Check it out. Look what Paul said to the Ephesus people. He said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I could just talk here for the rest of the day on this verse, and this would blow all of our minds. There's no way that I can even do close to the justice of what this needs. But I am going to do something that's going to be lots of fun, and it's going to show you what's up, okay? So we're going to talk about how wide the the love of God is. Can we go wide like this? We're going to talk about how long it is. Go like this, okay? And we're going to talk about how high it is. And, go like this. and we're going to talk about how deep it is. Okay, here we go. How wide, long, high, deep. How wide, long, high, deep. Okay, so what is the love of God like? It is very wide, long, high, and deep. Okay, now two things you want to recognize here. It's number one, the Father, God, is the Father of every family. So it doesn't matter what family you come from, no matter how perfect it may be or how jacked up it may be, the father is the father of that family. And I want you to get that on your spirit today because so many times people come from troubled families and they don't think God has anything to do with their family because of all the junk they've gone through. But that is not true according to the scripture. Without God the Father, you would not have a family. And you just look at it with me here in uh, Genesis. You can see it up on the screen. Genesis 1, 27 to 28 shows that God was the one who created the family. So who created the family? 
God. Amen. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now, I just wish I had time to get down with this and explain this, but if you remember when I talked about the nature of God the Father and who God is, I talked about the Father being a part of a triune Godhead with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit all being equal. And then people ask, where do we see that in Scripture? And then sometimes people like to think of the water, steam, and the ice, three natures of one thing, H2O. But that is incorrect because that is called modalism, which says that God just puts on the hat of the Father but then changes to steam, puts on the hat of the Son. The Trinity is saying they exist all at one time together. Then another person might think of like the three-leaf clover, and they might think of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But the only difference is it's each one of the cloves are separated from each other except from that point that they come together. But yet the Trinity is uniquely equal and connected in all parts together, yet different in personhood. Now, I'm already getting a little deeper than I wanted, but track with me right here. People then say, where is the example? If it's not the three-leaf uh, clover like our man St. Patrick did with the people of Ireland, if it's not the, the water you know, turning into ice, steam, and liquid, if it's not the egg, the yolk, the shell, and the membrane, what is the example? Here is the example. The only thing you ever see as the image of God being talked about. All other times, do not make anything in the image of God. It's a warning. You cannot do that. It's called an idol to make something in the image of God. Other places, the Bible says, who is like me in heaven? Are the angels like me? Or is anyone on earth like me? No. Therefore, Mormonism and Jehovah Witnesses cast out right there in Isaiah chapter 44. Because in Mormonism, they want to say, God has many God siblings. God the Father says, there's nobody else like me. And then Jehovah Witnesses say that that God gave the power to the archangel Michael to be a God, a lowercase g, to us and to have worship. That is incorrect because God does not create another God after him. Isaiah says, who is like me, who in this world is like me, there is not one before me, nor will there be one after me. Somebody say the triune God is unique. Now, where is the one place where you get a revelation of who your triune God is? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three separate persons, yet one divine being. The only place you see this in is the image of God in man. Watch it closely. So God created mankind. See, mankind. Not just male. Some people think that women, that rather that man isn't made in the image of God, but woman is made in the image of man. Are you all tracking with me why people would think that? Because where did a woman come from? Out of the rib of a man, right? But what people don't understand is that first person that God created was not a man like us today because we're not missing any rib today. There's no, nothing missing. So when God created this first being called Adam, he had within him male and female and then and from him he separated and made one. Now this gets a little deep and a little crazy, a little weird. I'm Ephrodite because right here what begins to happen is if God did not create his suitable helper, if Adam would have been happy in the garden all by himself, would he have been able to reproduce? sizzle your brain. You don't know. I mean, because the Bible says he had to take her from him. But watch carefully, not tricking you. Here it is. So he created mankind. You know what that word mankind in the Hebrew is? It is Adam. He created Adam. This is the Adam of first creation, not the Adam, the male. This is Adam of first creation. He created him in his own image. In the image of God, he created what? Them. Everybody say them. Just pretend like you're an SUM Bible college for a moment. And by the way, I didn't make up new theology. This has always been in our theology books. It might be new to you. Everybody say them. 
It says, he created mankind, Adam, the species of the human race, in his own image. But then out of that image, he created male and female. What does that mean? Every female attribute that a woman has did not come from a man that was being separated from God. It came from God himself. Women are made in the image of God just as much as men are. Are you all tracking with me? If not, then think about it. I just got I mean, I, I'm going deep here, but I want you to think about it. If man is made in God's image, that's what people have said, okay, who don't know theology. If man is made in God's image, then whose image is woman made in? Because she came out the rib. You see, there's no solution to that. And why did I bring up the Trinity as I'm slowing down? Why did I bring up the Trinity? Because the Trinity shows Adam is one mankind, but out of one mankind comes two persons. It is the only place in the Bible where we see that one person, or one being rather, can have two natures, two persons. And this is the example that we see. See, the Father, he is a mankind, a kind unto himself, a God kind, not a mankind. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are of the God kind. How many people are in the God kind or in the God race of creation? How many are there? There's three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we talk about mankind, not talking about all the different personalities that we have, but in mankind, how many uh, genders are there or kinds of mankind? Two, male and female. But they are considered to be in the one mankind. And together they make up the total personality of God. When you look at the Bible and you look at the Psalms, many times the gender is actually feminine when referring to God. God having feathers like a mother hen. God brooding over his children in Jeremiah. He has the attributes of a female. And then blatantly Jesus in the New Testament says, oh how like a mother hen. I wish that I could gather you close unto my side. Speaking of Jerusalem. Are you all tracking with me here? So where did those emotions, those feelings, those personalities come from? They come from the one God. And so when the Bible says that God the Father has created every family out of his image, the image of male and female is representing the triune God as greatly as it possibly can. That's why when two get married, they go back to being one. Now you all tracking with me. Okay, they go back to being what? One and no man can separate. Now, what does this have to do with you on Sunday? Okay, here we go. God is the father of your family. Number one. Can you say amen to that? Number two, God created you to have a family, and that family is to be grounded in love. How many get that? Now, remember this one, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of God? That's the number one thing you and I have to remember when we deal with family today is that everything is based on love. Why did God the Father start families? Because he loves us. The family came before the church. The family is actually the illustration of the church. He calls the church the bride of of Christ. Did you know that? He calls the church the bride of Christ. And so today, as I give you the theological foundation of talking about the little doodiddles in our lives, I want you to understand that God created you to be in a family. And that right now, no matter who you are, you are in a family. You may not have seen your family. You may not be on good terms with them, but you are in a family. Can you say amen? I love theology, and that is for those who love it as well. Now, keep tracking with me here. Here's four different types of families that you will find yourself a part of. Number one, you'll be single without children. 
So you'll be a part of a family, and it may just be you by yourself. But the cool thing is, is that you have family that you came from, and hopefully you're cool with them, and then maybe you can start a family one day. Amen? Does anybody have the call to singleness the rest of their life? May we know who those are. Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, then they're single with children. You are a single adult. You might have been married at one time, or you had children outside of wedlock. That's another family. That's awesome. Number three, married without children. Any people here married without children? Sex is recreation. Amen. Come on. It's all right. I I said it. See, when we talk about sex today, what we're not going to do is tell lies, okay? And we're not going to make sex out to be that bad, hideous thing, okay? We're going to talk about sex in a good way because sex is good and God created it and everybody said amen, okay? But here's what we're also going to say. If you have it the wrong way, that's very bad. You go to hell, okay? So there ain't no booty, fellas, worth going to hell over, amen? And, and women, there is no romantic night, you know, with candles worth going to hell over, amen? So we're going to talk about sex, keeping it real, but we're also going to warn you that if you do it the wrong way, it can cost you your salvation. And then the last one is married with children. Married with children, are you up this morning? Can you say Amen. Okay, all four of you, welcome to our church. We're glad you're here. Okay, let's talk about single without children. Now, if you are single without children, would you please stand? Would you stand to your feet? Don't be embarrassed. Don't take a long time. Wonderful. Keep standing. Now begin to survey the room. Is there anybody that you like here? At the cafe, you may start to date like a Christian, and I have a book on that. Amen? Okay, we have these children. Okay, keep standing, please. We have children here. Are you all married? Have you already been married? You already got kids? Why don't you stand? Because you're not married. You're single without. We're like in a whole different group, Pastor. We're aliens without children. We're teenagers. No. Okay, how about yes, yes. This is awesome. People are figuring it out. Okay, so you're getting a good look at our church. That's why our church has a lot of fun, because we got a lot of singles without children. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, I don't have time to read all these scriptures. Not even reading all these scriptures. I still didn't end till 11.05 this morning, and there's no way I can do that to you guys today, because I know, you know, it'll just bore you guys. But here's the deal. These scriptures are here for you, and they're not boring. They're awesome, okay? But, I mean, you need to read these, but this is what it's about. I'm just going to give you some helpful hints from these scriptures to help everybody out. Number one, if you are single without children, you need to be single-minded to God. Dude, you get to do all types of stuff for God. You don't have to worry about your children. You don't have to worry about pleasing a man or a woman. As a matter of fact, Paul said he wished you would stay single. So if you were a part of Paul's church, Paul would say stay single for the sake of the gospel. How many are glad today I am not Paul the apostle? How many are glad that one day you get to get married? Some of y'all don't want to get married and you have that call on your life. God bless you. We love you. But others of us, they felt the burn. And the Bible says if you feel the burn, it's better to marry than feel the burn. How many married people, you know what I'm talking about, feeling that burn? That romantic burn on... <laughs> don't look at me like y'all don't know about it. I don't care how old or young you are. You know what you're talking, what I'm talking about. You feel the burn on the inside. Oh, I got to have that man. Look at that man of God. Come on. You know some of you have been up at the altar call before. You're raising your hands, and all of a sudden, like, you kind of look out of one eye. Woo. 
Look at that woman of God praising Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray for this woman of God. Why are you touching me? Come on, let's just keep it real. My wife saw me preaching at Mardi Gras. And she was like, mm, mm, mm. I want a man like that. I promise you. Church is the best place to find your spouse. It's not going to be at the clubs. It's not going to be at the beach. Find your spouse at church. And all the people who have been married at this church, and you all hooked up here, somebody say amen. There's a good dozen of them here that have hooked up, and it's okay. So if you are single without children, this is what you're going to do. Number one, you're going to live for God. And you should be the one that gives all your time to God. You should be the one that can clean the church, stay late, come early, go on mission trips, do whatever you want to do. Why? Because you can give it to God. Now, don't waste your time just all being in the gym because being in the gym and being physically fit will not impress the one that you're trying to meet because if you're trying to meet, a godly man or woman, the physical appearance is important, but it's not the most important. Can I get an amen? So the number one thing you want to work on while you're single is not just your physique. You want to work on your relationship with God. Just spend time with the Lord. You say, man, I'm alone. I'm bored. Find time to be with God and then make godly friends. And I even wrote a whole book on this, Date Like a Christian. And this teaches friendship first. When you had, thank you, my brother, running up, the Berto, the Aztec warrior. Come on, give it up for Bertsky. Look at this. I'm like a salesman up here. $9.99 plus shipping and handling. This can be yours. This lovely book right here. So this book on dating is for all ages, and it's free online. And date like a Christian. What is the basic premise of dating like a Christian? Is work on yourself before you get married. Because two tore up people don't make one happy family. They tear down a family, and they tear it up. And then you know what people do when they're unhappy in marriage? The wife gets a good idea, and she says, I know how to make our family happy. Let's have kids. And then what happens is you bring kids into a tore up family, and then now that comes a broken home and how many don't want a broken home you see all the singles standing up right now you have a choice to never have a broken home you might have came from a broken home you might be young and say i didn't know my dad or i was only brought up by my mom or at times there was fighting there was drinking or something negative in your house guess what it is your choice right now you are starting your own family and you're never too young to start setting your goals if you're single right now be single towards god set your goal of being married don't date just to date and have friends date to go uh, to have sexual things but date to make friends, and literally at the end of dating like a Christian, you can say, we'll just be friends. There are people that I dated as a Christian that I'm still friends with. Why? Because we never went after the booty. We never put sex first. We put each other like emotions first. And I'm not saying I did this perfect, okay, because there's others I'm not friends with, but I'm just saying there's ones that I have, and it's worked right, and those are the ones I talk about here, amen? I'm not a hypocrite. I'm telling you the truth. Single, what are you going to do? Be single-minded towards God. Okay, now let's go to the next one. How many here are single parents? We love single parents. Would you stand up, please? We're going to applaud Roy really If you are a single parent, would you stand up? Amen. Keep standing. Keep standing. If there's any, now just survey the room. Survey the room. There may be someone here for you. God may be answering your prayer. You may be seated. Thank you. I'm never standing again for pastor. That was weird. It's okay. It is okay. 
Okay, now single with children, totally different from single without children. Amen? Now, this is totally different. This is one of the hardest things to be in life. Now, I obviously can't speak from experience, but I want to speak from other people's experience, share what I've heard, and also statistics. And and I I love single parents, but you all have got to listen to me here. Uh, Number one, statistics are against you. I got to keep it real because I want you to really fight hard for your family and to continue to be strong. But statistics are against you. Uh, All the statistics say that the majority of our problem teenagers and children come from single family homes. Uh, 80% of juvenile delinquents in jail come from single family homes. Uh, Children that get pregnant at an early age come from single family homes. Uh, uh, Problems in school uh, with, uh, you know, dropping out or not finishing come from single family homes. Now, what is the answer? What is the answer to the problems we see? It's you and God. You have got to hook up with God. And I want to tell you, there's something that God gave you to help you. And I'm not here to put you down because you're doing an awesome job. If you're here this morning, you brought your family, you got them ready. They're not having boogies hanging out the nose. And and you know, their clothes aren't turned inside out. You did good. You got here. Can we just give it up to our single parents coming to church? Amen. But it's got to be God and you. Because if you don't have God, it's not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder. But here's the next thing. God gave you a church to help you. They say, and I say they, these are psychiatrists, and I've studied this. They say the strongest influence over your children is a parent of the same gender. So if you are a mother and you're trying to raise young boys, you're going to face an upward battle to try to speak their language into their life. It is going to be very difficult for you. If you are a single father and you have a young girl, it will be very difficult for you to speak into those girls' lives. And so what the church provides, Provides is a place for the same gender to be in their lives with a godly influence and friends. And I can share from being a kid brought up in church that I made tons of friends that were older men and men because of that relationship I had in the church. And so take, for example, we have Wednesday Royal Rangers. So if you are a young uh, a single mother and you're raising men, get those young men in Royal Rangers because there's other fathers and men that volunteer every week to pour into your men that can raise them up so they can see those examples and if you're a father that's raising girls and there's you know there's a lot of questions they're having you can bring them to impact and these women that are mothers can pour into your daughters now, I know that's not Dr. Phil's message, and I know that's not Destiny's Child message, and I want them to, t- and they want to tell you you're an independent woman and you don't need anybody's help and you're just going to make it all on your own. But listen, that's not what the Bible says. And it's not working in our culture. Uh, you know, children struggle with their sexual identity more. I forgot to mention this gay, lesbian, in single family homes. And so I want to encourage our parents that are in that place do what the Bible said. Put God first and let God begin to take up that slack. And I've seen from other people's experience, obviously I haven't been there, but I have seen people raise awesome children as they bring them into the church because I want to share this with you, not just for single parents, but for all parents. When your children get to that peer age and you don't have them connected to a youth group of youth peers who are serving God and making the right decisions, I promise you the voice of their friends will begin to outweigh yours come on let's just keep it real 
I mean, I wish I don't, I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody here, but I wish I could ask some of the people here that made wrong decisions in life coming from single family homes. And they began to say that all I found out here in the, the community I was a part of, and it's not always the street selling crack cocaine. I mean, it could be in the girls club, you know, in uptown Wicker Park. Okay. But th- what happens is they find their identity in their group of friends, regardless of their parents. And this is not just single parents. This is any type of parent. If you don't connect them to the church. As a matter of fact, my, my wife will tell you that she grew up in a godly home with mom and dad, but her mom came from a background where she just didn't want her kids to be out late at night, didn't want them to be a part of a youth group, felt very uncomfortable with that because they came from Greece and this was all weird to them. Do you know that my wife fell into her worst sin during her high school years because only the peers she knew was the ones in the neighborhood and the ones she went to public high school with. But the moment she finally got saved at eight years old. Do you know what the first thing she said to her mom and dad? My wife, she said, let me go to youth group because I need to be around my friends. So single parents, the church is here to help you. We're not here to put you down. We're here to help you. Use the children's ministry. Use the youth group and make time to be the godly example in your family. Can everybody say amen? Praise God. Let's go to the next one. Married without children. If you are married without children, let's stand up. We promise not to be jealous of you, but go ahead and stand. We love you. You're so cute. All right. There's about four of them. God bless you guys. Now, there's two reasons why people can be married without children. The, the first one is because of, uh, you know, some type of a infertility. And let me encourage you. One of the biggest prayers that we pray overseas is for parents to be able to give birth because in India, it's still an agricultural community, and so often they are judged by the family they have. It's not uncommon to have, uh, you know, families with 10, 15 siblings. And, uh, you know, this is very, very cultural. And so when the women can't give birth, they're judged. They're judged severely, very much similar to the Bible's culture where they were looked down upon. So when we go to India, one of the most uh, popular prayer is for the women to, to have, you know, to be able to have a baby. And what we always say to those mothers is nobody is judging you. There is no condemnation. I wear glasses. There's things wrong with me. Nobody is perfect. We're all asking God for different things. And so we relieve that burden from them. So I want to just say that to anybody here. Maybe you know somebody. If they don't have children and they've been trying, just let them know that God loves them and still has a plan for their life. Now, this next thing that I say as an option is always going to be that next option, and people hear it all the time. But I'm going to qualify it before I even say it, and that is this. What I begin to teach right here is not just for single i mean for married people without children it's for anybody and that word is adoption everybody say adoption thank you there are two ways that the christian church is the most hypocritical in our society the number one way is as we are against gay and homosexual marriages yet our marriages are falling apart as well and we're saying to the gay community stop you can't get married and then they're looking at us going how are we going to ruin your jacked up marriage you guys can't even stay married and our republican senators keep bringing shame upon us and i'm telling you we look like hypocrites to this world so before we judge who can and cannot get married let's make sure we're having godly marriages amen which i still disagree with but i'm just telling you it makes us hypocrites and the second thing that makes us hypocrites is when we say abortion is a sin abortion is against god's plan which is 100 percent true but we ourselves do not adopt 
The number one reason why a mother gets an abortion, and if she's had an abortion, she's about 80% likely to have two. The reason why they have an abortion, the number one reason statistically is, is because they say they don't have the ability to take care of their child. And so we need organizations like the Lydia Home right across the street that will set up adoption. And so listen to me. If you are married without children, I am asking you to continue on if you have a dream of a family to adopt. And not only them, but all of us should pray the prayer of adoption. And the prayer of adoption isn't, Lord, should I adopt? The prayer is, Lord, how do I adopt? Because the Bible says in the book of James, this is true in undefiled religion, to take care of the orphans and the widows. What command do you want to compare to the Bible? This is a command. Just as it commands you not to lie, just as it commands not to steal, it commands us in our Christianity, we are to take care of the orphans and the widows. So the question isn't, do I adopt? No, the question for every born-again believer is how I adopt. How do I adopt? Do I support an orphanage? Do I bring in foster kids? Do I support my family that has children out of wedlock or single family homes? How do I adopt and take care of children? Are you all listening to me? If we do not take care of children, the Bible says we will be judged for that. I wish I had time. So let's get past that. Now everybody go amen. Now if you're married without children by choice, we call sex recreation. Amen. Oh my gosh. I thought we went through this. Are we going to pretend sex is a bad thing here today? Do we believe in sex? How many believe in sex? You believe in God. Do you believe in sex? Okay. How many believe sex is a good thing among married people? Okay. If married people are not having sex for children, why are they having sex? There you go. Amen. Okay. So married without children, having sex for recreation, everybody said amen. Now, let's not hate. Let's celebrate. If you're single and you cannot have sex, don't hate them who are having sex. Pray that God will bless them and give them great sex. Amen? Just say, God, bless them. Let their home be happy. And may their marriage bed never be defiled. Now, listen, some of us don't understand that marriage in the culture is always defined by that culture. So in our culture, we say, don't get married until what? You get a college degree. You have a good job. And now they're pushing it back into their 40s. Before you know it, you'll be getting married at 60 years old in the retirement home, okay? It's like, oh my gosh, marriage. It's just, so, it's just such a ball and chain, you know? I mean, that's how our culture looks at it. And it's like, living for the devil is so much fun, you know? No, it's not. Because let me tell you something, young people. Uh, Mary, everybody look up at me. Mary in the Bible was probably Probably about 14, 15 years old. 14 or 15 years old. Let that blow your mind. She was 14, 15 years old. As a matter of fact, most of us, if you came from another country or you can track your origins in America, most of the average age of our great-grandmothers when they started having children was somewhere between 15 and 16. So within our culture, we said you have to wait longer and longer and longer. But really, when the body is ready, and if that culture trains you to be ready to have children, you can be married and have children. But here is the thing. In our culture now, we look at marriage as one thing and having children as another. So I want all the young people to listen to me. Though you may be over 14, 15 years old, and you may be able to have sex according to the Bible if you got married and your parents would allow you. Listen, if you do it the wrong way, you're still old enough to go to hell. Oh, see, it gets a little quiet. 
So that means teenagers, you're just going to be free and you're going to have sex because you're old enough and you don't need to listen to your parents. And God understands because he just made you so much of a woman and he made you so much of a man. Just nobody understands what it feels like, Pastor. When I look at the Internet, I get, you know, come on, let's just keep it real. Guess what? I got teenagers laughing in the bed. They're like, yeah, he's talking the truth. That's right. But guess what, teenagers? You will go to hell. Hell is for teenagers. Hell has a place for teenagers that have sex outside of marriage. The Bible then considers, you see, the, the, the Jewish people bar a mitzvah, they're young men around 12 years old. So, yeah, around 12 years old, pubic age, if you wanted to take on a wife, live in a village, and do your thing, you could. But guess what? If you did it the wrong way, you would be punished as an adult. So young people in the idea that we now have juvenile versus adult at that age, in the biblical culture, 12, you're an adult, and you can be tried as an adult. So be very careful about how you act. And then the other thing is, children, what they're not telling you on the videos, what they're not showing you when Beyonce is acting all sexy and Lady Gaga's acting all cool and she's talking about all these songs, you know, bad romance and God made her this way and all of this stuff going on. Guess what they're not showing you? They're not showing you pregnancy. And so sex was made for pregnancy. So those who are married without children and you're having sex as a recreation, we want to tell you, the Bible wants to tell you, stop having so much fun. Because you weren't just made to have sex to have fun. You were made to also start a family. And in our American culture, when do we think we're ready to start a family? When we have two cars, a white picket fence, and we have a college degree. That is not biblical. If you are ready to get married, you are ready to start having children. So any of the married couples that ever come to me and they say, Pastor, you know, we got married and our birth control didn't work. And now we're going to have a kid. What are we going to do? I never have that same reaction like, oh, really? Uh, No, I don't have that. The the only reaction I have is, praise the Lord, God has gifted you with a child because marriage is supposed to bring children. So here's what I would say. Marriage without children. If you are physically unable to have children, would you consider adoption so that God can use you to have a happy home with family and children because God intended you to be an example to this world and to grow out in all these ways of love? And if you don't adopt and you don't bring children in, these children have the chances of being brought up in other homes by different people. And that's not just for them. That's for everybody. Amen. The second group, if you're married without children, and this is by a choice, and you're saying, well, we're just going to wait and we're going to take our time. My encouragement would be to begin to seek God about that right time and to have as many children as God will allow you to have. For some reason, we think it's cooler in this culture to have pets than it is to have children. I mean, seriously, especially around my, my community, my young adults, you go to Wicker Park and they're just like, I got one, I got one child, but I have like four dogs and two cats and this and this and this. And then if you walk over to them, you're like, yeah, I got six kids. They're like, really? (sighs) Six kids. They must be on welfare, six kids. Oh, you know why? Because this culture has got so feminized. And I have no problem with women, you know, taking over the workplace. If you want to be my boss, president, senator, you can do whatever you want. But please don't forget, women, you were made differently so that you could have children. The greatest job on this planet is still being a mom. And I think that's awesome. And we're not clapping, but I think we should. Being a mom is awesome. I understand, you know, the women, they dream. I want to be this, I want to be this, I want to be that. Let's dream about being moms again. 
Come on, let's let's put it back into our girls. There's nothing wrong. Our culture has made this feel like you're so backwoods, you know, like, oh, you're a mom. What else do you do? I'm just a mom. Well, I feel sorry for you. You know, I'm in corporate America. Listen, we are jacked up in our families because moms aren't home anymore. And I'm glad that moms, you got to work and help your kids. I get that. No condo bondo for working moms. I applaud you. But, hey. If you work two jobs, five jobs, whatever people do these days to have the nicest house, nicest car, but your kids grew up and said, I never knew you. Was it worth it? No. I want to give everybody a detachment from the American dream. Can everybody go like this? Okay, it's okay to detach from the American dream. Let me just blow your mind. You can live without a 65-inch TV. You can live without two cars. You can live without shopping at Macy's. You can live without designer clothes. If you don't have an iPod, children, you can live. You can live without these things. So I get it. Now somebody might say, Pastor, they can't live without a house. I get it. Okay, so just make sure that what you're working for is the necessities of life and that you're balancing your life. Because our culture has told us, well, I'm waiting to have kids. I'm waiting to have kids. Listen, do you know what they're finding out right now? And the women will tell you this, that the doctors are finding out that them waiting to have kids is actually hurting their uterus and the things of their body that women now in their 40s can't have children like they thought they could because they had shut off the baby factory for so long. The baby factory is a good thing. Amen. Okay. And to our last one, everybody say, oh, here it is. Married with children. Now, doesn't your family look like that? Didn't you look like that at breakfast this morning? There was no arguing. There was no fight. You know, it's just perfect. You know what? Matter of fact, let's just close our Bibles. There's nothing more to even talk about because we all have perfect families, right? Okay. Let's keep it real. Now, if you've ever had conflict in your family, let's just think about this right now. Your family has probably been the source of your deepest pains in your life. Think about this. If you have had deep pain in life, most of the time, isn't it grounded and rooted in your family? A father neglected you. A mother hurt you. A brother abused you. A cousin molested you. This is what I hear all the time. Most of our deepest pains come from the people who are supposed to love us the most. This is the number one thing that God says we are supposed to guard with everything we have. And he gives a whole passage on it in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And like I said, I wish I could just read this scripture and talk to us till 3 in the morning about this. But I will just give you the most simplest way to look at it. We need love. We need to train our children. And everybody needs to be obedient to what God said. Number one, fathers, you are the head of the house. If you are stomping around the house shouting, you are the head of the house and everybody needs to listen to you because you're the man, you are not the man, okay? You have just done lost everybody's respect. You don't have to verbalize it, abuse it, scream it, yell it, throw things or break things to prove it. The men of the house prove it by their deeds of godliness. Prove that you are the father, the man of that house, by living like God the father and taking care of your children. 
Women, follow your husbands and, and, and the fathers as the head of your house. It doesn't mean you're not made in the image of God. It doesn't mean that you're less of a person. It just means in a democracy with two votes, nobody ever wins. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So, honey, what color should we paint the wall? Well, I say blue. Well, I say yellow. Okay, how do you solve that? Well, we're going to compromise. We're going to paint it teal or something, you know, put them together. God, to save us 500 hours of compromise and asking paint stores to paint things that don't exist, God gave us a way in those discussions. The father, the husband, gets the final voice. But he gets to do it respectfully by hearing what his wife is saying. And I will always say this. Husbands, if you ever want to know how you're doing as a man, look at the countenance of your wife's face. Because men, if you are pushing down your wife through your submit, making her submit, if you're making all of these decisions based on your wants and calling it God, your wife will begin to lose the joy of living in that home. And the people around her will begin to notice, and her girlfriends first, because they'll tell you, they will notice that she is not the person she used to be. And so I want all the women here to make sure that you submit to your husbands, but I want all the husbands to make sure you love your wives like the boobster boobs the gravy to your biscuits the honey to your bun your whole entire life because if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy amen and it's happy wife happy life and the sooner you learn that the happy you will be I have tried to be the man and put down my foot over things that after I was right I sure felt wrong over and I said I will never do that again there's my boobster boo right there I would rather let my wife have her way and her just love the nest, love her home, love her life, than to just fight over things. And that's why it starts at the marriage. When, the, when, the, when you're getting married, men, what do you say to your wife? Honey, plan the wedding. It's not your wedding, guys. Just stop it right now. Don't even try. Don't even try to say what color you want the tux to be. Don't even try to say like I did. I wanted a buffet of all my favorite foods. That, no, no, no. that was shut down so quick. I wanted to have at my wedding just a buffet of food that was not going to happen. So when I learned that at the wedding that this belonged to her, I just understand. God gave things to belong to that wife. And you just let them take it. And you let them, like, that gives them that place of, of comfort, security. Women love security. And it gives them that place of being, okay? And then lastly, what do the children do? The children obey their place in the home. The children are there to respect their parents. Children, let me just help you guys out. How many of you still live with your parents? Can you guys stand up? Let's just all stand up if you live with your parents. Okay. If your parents feed you. Okay, there you go. All of you guys standing up right here. Let's give it up for our mijos and mijas. Amen. You may be seated. Got some grown men standing up. All right. We're praying for the grown men to make, on, make a way for themselves. Women, make sure you remember who those guys were, okay? He still lives with mom. He ain't making it. Okay, let me, let me just share with you guys, young people, because I love speaking in tongues. I love prophesying. If I wasn't preaching about the family, I would have done sweat through this rag, been preaching up and down here. And some of you are just like, is this not the same today because he's not preaching? Listen, I understand what it means to be radical, but young people, the greatest way you are radical for your parents, the greatest thing you can do is clean your room, get good grades in school, and stay out of trouble. That's the best thing you can do. And don't back talk. 
they will think that we have body snatched you with the angel Gabriel. Your parents, if they're not at this church now, will come to all the services. They'll start a third service. They'll just be like, thank you. She doesn't back talk. She cleans her room. You're awesome, Pastor Gracias. Thank you. You don't know. Already with my baby Bethany, she wears these little slippers, and I, I don't want her when she has her little house slippers to sit on our couch. And, and I, honestly, every day she tries to do it, and I have to tell her not to. And I looked over at Nancy, and I'm like, does she not understand yet? Are we, does, does she need me to say it in Greek like your mother? I mean, does she not get it? And then all of a sudden, God just like deposited this like a little, like a little wealth of knowledge, like boop. Like right in my spirit. And he's just like, that's the way they'll be for the rest of your life. Just the way you were. You never listened. And I just got this in my mind. Like obedience with my children is going to wear out some belts. Because I will do what the Bible said. Amen. Some of y'all, some of y'all before you were like, I want pastor to be my father. But now you're like, oh no. Oh no. Because pastor will spank. Pastor, will bring out the belt, amen? And if I have to start a jailhouse ministry, just come visit me, amen? Help me hand out Bibles. Well, praise God. Here's my last thing in closing, just something to think about. If you're part of a divorce, if you've ever gone through a divorce, we're not going to make you stand. We love you. Uh, God loves you, and you can be forgiven. Depending on your situation, it could have been a sin. It may not have been a sin, but it's not an unforgivable, unpardonable sin. You can be forgiven. So here would be my advice to anybody that's ever been divorced. Ask God to teach you what you learned from those, uh, to teach you what you can learn from those mistakes or things that you made. Maybe you were a perfect angel, okay? But just learn something from that, and then ask God to make you a great husband or wife for the next go around and we believe God that this will be your last one to death do you part and if you are married to an unbelieving spouse the Bible basically gives you two uh, different types of scenarios number one if your spouse is not willing to live with you and they reject you and they say, dude, we don't want God. I don't want God. Get out of my house. You are free to leave and to remarry, according to the Bible, if the unbelieving spouse does not want anything to do with you. Uh, the other thing, if the unbelieving spouse commits adultery, they just go out and cheat. They say, my wife's a church woman. I'm going to go out and be wild. You have uh, the ability to be free from marriage at that point as well. Now, some people have asked me, what about abuse, physical abuse? Does that break it even though the marriage vow even though the bible doesn't mention it and i think so and i guarantee you if he'll beat you he's going to cheat on you eventually so just save him the trouble and just say this thing's over now okay now if you're ever in a place where a backslider comes where you guys both started off saved and, uh, you know, God forbid, but they begin to backslide. Seek marriage counseling. Seek marriage counseling to begin to try to save your marriage. And it, even if he cheats on you or uh, has issues or vice versa, if she cheats and you want to work it out, you can work it out. From experience, I've seen marriages saved. When uh, the couples have said, though we can divorce, we have grounds, uh, they have stuck with it. Okay? So sometimes a life is not perfect. So for divorced people, ask God to forgive you, learn, and move on. Unbelieving spouse you can stay and have a great life live just like everybody else if you do the right things here i want to give you five things to do to have a godly family can somebody say i'm so excited say this has changed my life thank you that has just encouraged me to preach another 30 minutes here we go <laughs> oh i love you guys will you guys come back next sunday even though i'm not here will you you promise
Come on, cross your fingers or don't cross. Well, how do we do it like this? How do we cross our heart? You guys promise to be here, okay? I want to give you five things for your family. I'm just about ready to cry. I don't know why I'm just so touchy right now. Uh, five things. Number one, have a strong personal walk with God. If you're a single, have a strong personal walk with God. If you're married, have a strong, you know, no matter who you are, have a strong personal walk with God. Number two, be grounded in a good church. The church complements everything that you do. And it's not just for single parents, by the way. My children go to these services, and they are a part of it, and it's changing their life. Nancy was telling me all the great things they're learning right now. I mean, use the church for what it's there for. It's an extended family. Number three, make family devotions a must. I'll just give you a couple of creative ways to do it. If you're already married and you have kids, here's a creative way to do it. Every time you eat together, pray and read a scripture together. It doesn't have to be complicated. So you guys might say, well, we don't have dinner every day together. That's fine. Whatever you get together and there's that dinner, it's like, we're all here. At that time, open up your Bible, read a scripture, pray, and ask who needs help. Okay, that's a a very minimal way to do it. Uh, Moving up the notch to the next level is every morning or every night, make a time to have a scripture reading and prayer time. And then the third thing is have a family day every week. Once a week, make a family day. So these are just options for you to do it. Okay, you could say family day is Saturday. And Saturday, you make sure you always have off. You make your children a priority. You get together. And sometime during that, that moment of being together, you read the Bible. You can maybe pray together, sing songs together. What we don't want to do is put you under condemnation or bondage because let me tell you something. Nobody has perfect family devotions, okay? If If you have a family devotion, you're awesome. Just keep doing it. Find ways that work for you. Number four, balance time and money. Time and money, money and time. Doesn't this come back to all of our problems eventually, like other than, you know, like the other stuff, like the, the character stuff? People are always complaining about the lack of money, marriage couples fighting over money, and time. Uh, if I had time, I would teach you more about time. You know, some great things about time is that if you are a minute manager, you can make every minute count, and you will find out how many minutes you waste in a day. So one day, make a count calendar of all your minutes and find out how many minutes you're wasting a day. And guess what? It only takes a few minutes to sit down and give your wife a back rub, a foot rub. It only takes a few minutes. The average parent spends less than seven, a father spends seven minutes with his his children. So, so parents, male parents here, just make 10 minutes out of your day and you're doing more than the average. If you count down your minutes, there's a book called The Minute Manager. It will help you spend money wisely. A lot of people getting into debt. Don't buy without God's grace. I know so many times we think we can afford it, but you know when this economy hit, what did it teach people? That we couldn't afford what we thought we could. So I would ask you to consider that and make that uh, a problem that you can solve. And number five, live in constant love and forgiveness. Everybody is going to get hurt eventually. How many of you are parents, and while you were growing up, your parents hurt your feelings, and you had to ask them to you know, say they're sorry or something? Okay, thank you. Let's look around. Look at the participation in this class today. Okay, this is a, this is a hard job, okay? Let's try this again. How many of you are breathing today? Okay, thank you. Okay. How many of you are comprehending what I'm saying? Okay. How many of you... We're born the natural way through parents and not through an IV or, uh, you know, whatever we call this test tube. How many of you had a normal, you are, how many are not test tube babies? Raise your hands. Okay. Okay. How, thank you. How many of you, <laughs> you're like, it's so much fun. Yes, it is. It is fun when you raise your hands and I ask a question. Here's the next one. How many of you now 
in your life who were born the normal way and had a mom or a dad, how many of you were ever hurt by them? Not like they beat you and sold you for slavery on the black market, but how many of you just were ever hurt by them? Raise your hands. Okay. What is the thing we all have to learn in families? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mom, I forgive you. Dad, I forgive you. We can move on. I love you. Now, some of you got deep hurts and pains. Abuse is not a joke. I'm being serious. Abuse is serious. But guess what? You can still forgive people. Forgiveness. You know what forgiveness does? Takes the bitterness out of your heart. And it allows you to heal. Think about bitterness being you have an open wound. Okay, let's say somebody hurts you. Let's say it's legitimate real pain. At these altars, we have had people confess child molestation. We, we have had, you don't even know who you're sitting next to right now. We have had convicted murders be a part of our church. That may be the person you're sitting next to, and that's why they looked weird. But anyways, you know, we have had all types of people come to this church. But guess what? God forgives them. I, I hate the crime. I don't agree with crime. I hate, I mean, this woman on TV, how many have seen this woman on TV who, who basically uh, choked her child, then, then she duct taped her baby? How many have seen that thing on TV? Wonderful, wonderful, like five of you. God, help me. Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Dude, there's a woman on TV right now that, that, that I don't even know why you guys haven't heard. I don't know if you guys don't watch news or what, dude, but this woman killed her own two-year-old child. I mean, dude, killed a baby. And then she, like, buried it in the backyard, and these dogs, like animals, chewed up the bones. And the only time that she really broke is when they brought the bones of the body to the courtroom, and then she broke down. I mean, this is how sick and twisted our our culture is. Okay, now some of you are cluing into what's going on in the world today. Okay, now watch. God forgives her. If she'll ask for forgiveness, God will forgive her. We have to forgive her. Now, does that not mean that she doesn't need the lethal injection and go home to meet Jesus a lot quicker? Dude, I am so serious. I believe in the capital punishment, and I would be the one to lock and load the gun and do it. I'm not saying I would murder her, but I would execute her. I'm just keeping it real. I am so serious. She would say, but I've repented, and, and I love Jesus. You're going to meet Jesus right now. You're going to meet him. Like you see those guys on death row, like those priests, and they're, no, I wouldn't even be like that. I would be like, you're going to meet him right now, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you meet Daddy Jesus. You're going home. You're going home to be with the Lord right now. Now praise the Lord for that. Take a silver air home. I'm dead serious. I'll take some of the locks of hair. I'll say, can I cut off some of the hair, put it in my wallet, and show young people and say, don't you mess with this world, right? Don't you mess around. You are, this is it. Oh, I'm telling you, man. So anyways, man, this woman does it. We have to forgive people. So imagine your emotional scar. Imagine somebody has just cut you open on the inside. You are just bleeding. Do you know what unforgiveness is? It's like continually infecting it with, with salt. I mean, salt would cleanse it, but actually infect it with gangrene and just nasty stuff. Forgiveness lets God clean the wound. doesn't mean what they did was right. doesn't mean your abuser was right, the person who cheated on you or the parent who wasn't there. But when you forgive, you can live in love. And then you can have a happy family because I'll tell you what, hurt people hurt people. And a lot of what's going on in our culture today is just a cycle of hurt.
If you go back to the one who hurt you, chances are they were probably hurt, weren't they? You know, you go back in child molesting, it, it usually goes on down the road, all the way back and back and back and back. That's why you come to church to have that curse breaking, broken off of you and have a godly family. Amen. Can we all stand to our feet and get happy for Jesus? Amen. Band, would you come? Come on. Well, this is certainly a reminder that I need to preach every week. Amen. I will, I will, I will never sit on this stool again for a Sunday morning. Just comment for a minute, Adam. Was that not one of the most unenthusiastic hand claps you've ever seen in your life? Ever. <laughs> Come on. I spoil you guys too much. Now stop it. Man, you're just like, if he ain't preaching, I ain't saying Amen. I ain't raising my hand. I'm going to make that man work. I just wanted to have a sit-down talk with you guys today. So maybe you were mellow. I don't know. But here's the thing, man. God wants us to have a godly family. I'm going to ask our altar workers to come. I'm not going to preach and yell at you now. But I just want to ask you, if you have any need in your family, can we pray for you today? Can we lift you up today? Can we pray for the children that might have come from broken homes? Can we, can we pray for the one that's been divorced? Will you let us pray for you? Or, or maybe today you're raising children, man, and you just feel like you are just struggling. Can we pray? Or maybe you're fighting, but you want more strength. Today your marriage might be doing great, but you're having areas you want to work on. No matter who you are today, we want to pray for you. You know, sometimes we get so, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses in church. We think everything's perfect. It's always funny when single adults come to me and they go, Pastor, God told me who I'm going to marry. And I always tell them, don't say that to them. You know, it makes it very awkward and weird. God told me we're going to get married. God did not tell me that. Oh, I'm so serious. So don't, come on, man. We got to grow up in this thing. And I wish for some of you, I wish that I could preach like T.D. Jakes or something this morning and make you get it better. But I really just felt like you had to hear me today. Just kind of heart to heart. If your family's not right and that love, that wide love, that, you know, that long, high and deep, man, your life is going to be miserable. And when people come to me, they go, man, I got marriage troubles. No, you don't. You have single troubles. You want to know why? It's because marriage troubles has to deal with like, you know, who's going to pick up the kids from school? Or how are we going to use the toothpaste? Or, you know, who writes the checks? That's marriage trouble. When people start saying, well, this, my husband yells at me. Well, she doesn't listen. You know, when I hear couples starting to fight like that, that's not marriage trouble. That's single trouble because they never made it right when they were by themselves and they thought by getting married it would fix their problems so single people your solution today isn't to get married your solution today is to be single-minded towards god and to marry that right person and for married people when you experience problems it's not to start pointing fingers no it's to change you get you get right whenever i sit down with married couples i'm like here's your assignment And here's your assignment. If neither one of you do your assignment, it's not going to work. Well, he's the worst one. Well, she's the... No, if you don't do it on your own individually, it will never happen together. Today, God wants us to be happy in our families, to be full of love. 
And I just want to pray with you as we dismiss today that if there's something in your family you need prayer about, can we pray with you before you go? Before we blow up, because I guarantee you this church is going to grow probably to three, four services, new buildings. Before we move on, can we make sure that the families here are taken care of? Before we even go to Boricua Fest and invite new families to come, can we make sure our families are happy? And there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm okay. If you're okay today, God bless you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Help somebody that's not. But if you are struggling today as a single mom, dad, whatever, let's pray. Father, we want to pray for our families today. It's not often, Lord, where I take time just to have a heart-to-heart. But, Lord, today was that day. and I don't think it to be a coincidence that it's before we go on a mission trip. If there was something I would want to leave as parting words to this congregation, it would be to have a godly family. God, I just lift up, God, every person in this room to you. And, Lord, I ask that those who may be hurt from their family, those that may have a past that they're they're just still living with today in the present, that, Lord, as we close out today, they'll come and receive freedom and love and let the family be the greatest blessing in their life. It can be the place of the greatest pain, but it can be the place of the greatest blessing. Oh, God, I pray for moms and dads to love each other like the way you love. Purity, God, in the home. Lord, for children to honor their parents. I pray for young adults, God, to give their lives away to you. Oh, God, for young married couples, Lord, to take on adoption, God, and be families, Lord, to the hurting to prepare them, God, for great families to come and that, Lord, all of us will continue to be grounded and rooted in that love to the fullness of God. In the name of Jesus. Father, as I say my last prayer over this congregation, bless them for the next two weeks. Let them know that we love them. I pray that they'll continue to come. There's going to be great things going on here that are bigger than me. And I pray you'll bless this church. It is truly yours in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We're going to pray for those who need prayer for anything, but especially families. We dismiss those that have to go. And matter of fact, if you just want to come and shake my hand, I'll be up here. I know some of you just want to tell me you love me because you've been trying to get a hold of me this week before I go. But God bless you. We love you.